0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Ducks Digest. We have some big news to get into today. Uh, the Ducks landed another huge commitment on the recruiting trail. Four-star offensive lineman Dave Yuli. Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to hop on this and, you know, just break down kind of uh, all of the impacts and, you know, what went into this. So I'm joined by uh duck's digest reporter, Dylan Ruben King, Dylan, you know, you were the lead insider for us on this one. You were really plugged in. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to ask you, you know, how do you kind of react to this and, you know, ultimately, how did Oregon get this done?
2: Yeah. Dave Uli was a, is a huge pickup for Oregon. Um, I, I thought from after our conversation that it was between Oregon, USC, and Washington. Um, As he's from Puyallup, I thought top two would have been Oregon and Washington. Turned out it was Oregon and USC. Um, He loved his visit in USC. So, in the back of my head, I was kind of like, I feel like USC, like if Oregon's going to lose this, it's probably going to be USC, Um, given how UW hasn't really done that great so far. And USC has had a really solid class. Um, But I think with Oregon, you know, he wanted to stay. Relatively close to Washington, Uh, he told me, you know, staying loyal and having his family be there to support him was a big part of it. Um, He said that they're thrilled with the decision, and obviously the Oregon coaching staff is as well. Um, He said Alex Mirabal was the biggest factor in him coming to Oregon. Uh, He was his first phone call when he made the decision, and then Coach Cristobal was number two. And uh, he told me Coach Cristobal couldn't stop screaming when he was on the phone. Uh, I said Mirabal was a little more relaxed, but still excited and uh, ready to get to work. So. You know, they put in a lot of effort getting a guy from Washington, uh, from Pac-12 country. Uh, Dave Uly is going to be a huge, huge piece for the Oregon offense.
1: You talk about how the Ducks were able to beat out USC. Now the second time already in the the 2022 class that they've done that. Uh, You know, obviously they brought in Isaiah Satania, um, you know, just a little bit ago, less than a week ago. And that came down to Oregon and USC as well. Um, You know, we're going to talk about – Yuli's kind of impact and you know what he brings to the table, but before we get to that, I just kind of want to talk about the significance of, of beating USC for a, another you know top tier talent on the West Coast. Um, you know what, what kind of thoughts do you have there?
2: Yeah, I think overall, I mean, you think about the Pac-12 in the last decade and a half, maybe even two decades, USC has kind of reigned supreme, um, especially in the recruiting ranks, right? And so taking a guy um, who USC has been heavily recruiting, he said. USA was one of those at the top that had his number. Um, I think taking someone who has that interest across the PAC 12 even um, is really impressive. And the fact that they took him from Washington from, you know, 40 miles from Seattle, um, I think it's really, really impressive. And Oregon, I think, can recruit as good as anybody. They can recruit anybody from anywhere. Um, And even within the PAC 12, I mean, we've talked about it before, how they can take guys from Texas, from SEC country. And I think it's just as important to get guys from neighboring states as well, especially when you have teams on the rise like USC and Washington, um, and even Cal. Um, Dave Uli was talking about the Cal visit as well. So um, yeah, Oregon. I think you know they've blown up. They've blown up in this recruiting ranks. They were right there with USC and UCLA for a while, and now it's just they're running away with it. So um, you know Uli is just another big. Uh, big addition. And I think Oregon's going to come out on top pretty easily in the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, I, I know that, you know, you talked to Yuli multiple times. I think the first time that you talked to him, it was actually, you know, just on the heels of, of that trip to to Los Angeles. Um, you know, we know that they were number two, but I kind of just wanted to hear it from you, you know, what was USC kind of bringing to the table? And, you know, how, how real of a threat do you think they were?
2: I think they were a big one, especially because um, he was talking about the NFL production side of it. And USC, Um, produces a lot of offensive linemen. Oregon's actually produced more in the last um, four years when Cristobal has been in town. Um, But overall they have a great history of it, especially this last year um, sending, I think two first round um, offensive linemen this year in the last two years. Um, But in terms of like the business side of it, he said he's going into business marketing. That's his major. Um, He was talking about visiting the Lundquist college at Oregon and talking about the NIL a little bit and how Oregon and Nike kind of, You know, sparked his interest a bit. And USC is right there, right? USC's got a great brand for the NIL. They're probably drawing in a lot of guys based on that alone. And he was talking about how, you know, it's crazy being able to make money, be in Los Angeles, play for such a brand like that. But I think Oregon actually came out on top in terms of the NIL because of Nike. Um, He said he wanted the sponsorship from Nike if possible. He said he's going to start kind of small because you have to kind of work your way up through, you know, the small markets. You can't really take that huge step right away. Um, But he said that's on his list is to get going in the NIL process early, but obviously um, building the relationship with the coaches and the players was his top priority.
1: It's wild to think about how NIL is kind of coming into the picture here. And, you know, I I think Oregon players, you know, they're starting to we've seen some of them start to announce these deals. But, you know, recruits are you know telling us in these interviews like, yeah, you know, like Nike is really a factor there. And especially when you talk about what USC brings to the table in, form, in the form of Hollywood, uh, you know, you see, their, you see their graphics, you know, their, their visits, people are on, like, you know, the Hollywood, like, movie set kind of chairs. Like, I think that's a huge reason that they're, you know, getting the momentum that they have now. You know, Oregon's just kind of blown the doors off of, of everything now. But, um, you know, when they were really riding high, they were, I think, a huge part of that is because they're selling their USC brand again, you know, the Hollywood Boulevard, um and to think that you know Oregon and the Nike connection you know they're two totally different areas right you got LA bright lights uh major sports uh you know professionally and college at the college level and then you got small town Eugene you know like an hour and a half 2 hours away from Portland and and Nike's having some sway
2: absolutely i mean Nike um you know so many guys in high school they rock Nike they're already working with them um high school uniforms are all decked out in nike um and you see how much money that people um you know you you hear about phil knight and how much money he gives into oregon and their athletics and their academics right so um and just overall like you see the uniforms right i mean i think that's a that's something i've heard from recruits it's like you see those uniforms and you're like man that's you know that's special and i think another thing in terms of that was um oregon's polynesian culture seeing the ohana uniforms uh dave uly said that um, that was one of his favorite things was to be able to see those um, on the field and, you know, just being able to see Pené Sewell and uh, Joe Salave and the coaching staff and all the, all that Polynesian culture. Um, I think the NIL and, um, and that part of it, the Polynesian culture, those were two really big factors as well. And Dave Uli ended up being a duck.
1: Absolutely. You know, there, there's definitely, there's not a single detail when it comes to recruiting, that Mario Cristobal is not thinking about, you know, when when it came down to brainstorming those uniforms, and I'm not saying he designed them per se, but I mean, I, I bet he was thinking about kind of what, uh, you know, maybe what impacts it would have down the line. They had Noah Sewell, um, and uh, Andrew Fowley, Cyrus Bibilekio. They had them, you know, rocking the uniforms when they were, you know, marketing it and then debuting them. So that's all a huge part, you know. So let's um, let's kind of ramp things up a little bit here. We we got the immediate reaction. Um, and then we also kind of talked about USC being a player, but uh, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna try to do something a little different here. Um, if you're on YouTube, you will see it. We're gonna try to look at some of Yuli's highlights, uh, bring some of those up, and talk about his impact. So, you know, we saw everything. Um, you know, as far as how big of a win it was for Oregon when it comes to recruiting, but let's talk a little bit about kind of what what kind of skill set he brings to the table. You know, if, if you flipped on his highlights, you know, he's another massive body you know when you're looking at these oregon highlights for the offensive linemen you know basically every time you look at it it's the oregon commits or the oregon targets are the biggest ones on the field um but dylan uh you know i kind of wanted to talk to you uh get your perspective um you know what do you kind of think he's bringing to the table as far as from a, a film standpoint
2: yeah i think you know with huddle they show you the uh the little arrow where he's at. Um, I think honestly, if you just watch that offensive line, you will see one guy stand out in all these highlights. Now, granted they'll, they'll take these because they're his highlights, but um, I think in terms of physicality um, he's elite. I think in terms of his hands um, he's fantastic with his hands is absolutely phenomenal where his hand placement is and control and strength. Um, You know, it seems like he knows where to go every time um, that he jumps off the line, you know, he can overwhelm and, kind of disorient a defender right as soon as he makes contact which um and i've watched a lot of the guys um especially in washington state on the offensive line and i don't think i've really seen that you know in all these highlights i watch his hands and it just it blows me away every time um and i think that's kind of an underrated aspect to guys in high school i mean he, this is just his junior year so he's got one more year to get even better um but he can bowl defenders over i mean even if he gets to be on the jump i've seen a couple of these when i was watching earlier it might actually be this one that's coming up he kind of gets beat and then he just bowls the guy over um it's really impressive um you know he didn't get a great jump he's not the quickest guy off the line kind of like what we were talking about with kelvin banks um but he can just bowl guys over and keep them on the ground i think like he had to have played wrestling in high school or in middle school or something because uh he's really good at keeping guys on the ground and just pinning them there yeah
1: no yeah all all great points um, you know, I don't want to repeat too much of what you said. So, I mean, I think, you know, the, the violence that he plays with is, is certainly one of the biggest things that stands out. Um, you know, I'm going to kind of go back to, to look at, you know, obviously he's not the perfect prospect. Um, so, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about you know, maybe some areas for improvement. Um, you know, you said his speed is, is, isn't all there, but, you know, certainly that, that can change once you get him in a college uh, strength and conditioning program. Um, and then kind of going along with that, his mobility. Um, but I feel like, you know, kind of makes up for that with, you know, his, his smarts and the tenacity that he plays with, um, and, you know, just absolutely striking guys, super, super strong, you know, like we, this highlight that we watched here, I feel like he didn't have the the best jump and, you know, sliding, uh, on his protection. And it's worth saying that he's, uh, you know, a lot of these highlights are with him at uh, left tackle, but, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's listed as an interior offensive lineman on a majority of the recruiting services, um. But so I think what I'm saying is, you know, he can kind of make up for some of those areas that uh, maybe he's a little bit lacking in now, but, you know, you get him under Cristobal and Mirabal combine that with Feld and just, you know, the competition that the guy's going to be around when he gets to Oregon based on how they've been recruiting and, you know, everything is lining up to, to, you know, be in his favor.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the other things I noticed was that some of the past defense um, schemes that he went up against, They had the edge rusher play off the line a little bit. He wasn't right up on the line. He was a few feet back. Um, So Yuli didn't have to make contact right away, especially playing on the left tackle, um, playing against edge rushers. Um, So I think that's going to be an adjustment, especially if he plays at guard is, you know, being able to have that quick jump and um, constantly be able to make instant contact at the snap. Um, I think he has the athleticism to do it, but I think, you know, he could keep grinding and kind of getting a jump on his man. Um, and we're talking about, I mean, he's a junior in high school. So, you know, one more year in uh, high school. And then, y- you know, you talked about getting to college and working with Alex Mirabal and getting up against those guys on the defense. Um, you know, he's got a long way to go. And, you know, I don't think some of these highlights that some of the things we talked about are like any, um, any slack on him per se, because, you know, playing at left tackle and then moving to, to guard is, it's a bit different um, especially the left tackle where you're kind of, protecting the blind side so you know i think and he's also playing on the defensive line so i think that's one thing that kind of gives him an advantage um you know i and i i kind of wish he would show that same uh burst in the middle um or excuse me on the offensive line that he would on the defensive line because i think playing in the middle of the defense kind of gives him the ability to um you know be able to have that quick contact and that quick burst um right at the snap and get a quick jump Um, I don't really see that as much on the offensive line, defensive line I have um, from time to time in this highlight reel, there's a mix in here. Um, But I think that's one thing that I want to see is um, him be able to control guys right from the snap. Um, You know, when he gets a couple steps in, obviously, you know, he's, he's elite, but I want to see him be able to push guys right at the line right away.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, he's definitely, I would say, uh, you know, stronger in the run game than the pass game. And, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy, you know, once he, once he gets that contact, like you're saying, you know, when, if he gets his hands in the right spot, he, you know, it's really hard for these defenders to, to you know, recover. Um, let's talk a little bit about his versatility. You know, we, we've been looking at a couple highlights here when he's uh, on defense as well. So, you know, if, if the Ducks ever, you know, needed to do that, I mean, they could potentially do it. I don't think we've seen it in a while. You know, Jason Jones uh, is a, another kind of guy that I think of on the Oregon roster that, that played both ways in high school, and is just an absolutely massive body. But um, I think it's important that he, uh, you know, has the ability to play on the interior of the offensive line, considering that, uh, you know, four out of Oregon's five offensive line commits at this point are at the tackle spot. Um, You know, you got uh, Kelvin Banks as the headliner, and then Cameron Williams, Michael Wooten, Percy Lewis. Uh, So definitely big for them to kind of address that need because you don't want uh, you know, a class that's just all playing, you know, the same position. You don't get you're not really doing yourself any favors there.
2: Yuli told me that he wanted to start week one as a freshman. And I think if he wants to do that, it would be at the offensive guard position, given what you just said that everybody else in the class is an offensive tackle. Um, I don't think I've really seen him play center. I think it would be a left or a right guard situation. Um, but I think in terms of run blocking, like you said, I think the ducks run blocking is set for the next couple of years with guys like Kelvin banks and Michael Wooten and Dave Yuli. This is kind of the, one of the best sets of run blockers that I've seen Oregon pick up um, in recent years. Um, He can really move guys around, um, you know, quickly. Um, I think there was a play a little bit earlier um, as you were talking there where um, I thought he was going to move a defensive end right into the running back as he was getting the ball. Um, But one thing that was really impressive about that play was Yuli already had control of his guy, like by the time the quarterback was extending the ball um, and he just moved him to the other side of the line just like that. Um, I think that's one thing that, you know, Oregon can never have enough of. There's a lot of guys already on the roster that can move guys and quit in a, uh, a blank like that. And the run game is just, it's just that um, the pass protection, you know, not that it's worse than the run game. I, I just think, you know, I think that's like you said, I think that's one thing that he could work on um, and be a little bit better at is, is the pass protection, but um, you know, I think he's as polished as any of the guys in this class right now. Um, I think he's even up there with Kelvin Banks in terms of um where he's at right now and what he has left to work on. Um obviously Kelvin Banks is a five star, Ulies is a four star. You know, we don't really go too much off of the off of the star rankings, but I think he's still got a long way to go, but he's really, really good right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You just get that guy some more development and you know, the 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 limits are uh, you know, pretty endless. Um Let's see. we were there, there was a point that I thought I wanted to make about the run game. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. You know, when, when you're looking at run game, I think it's almost more important for the Ducks to get good run blockers considering how their identity has been rooted in the run game. Um, that's not to say that Mario Cristobal wants to get away from that because he definitely doesn't. But um, the stronger that you build that up, I think it'll open more opportunities to get more creative in the pass game with play actions, read options, run pass options. So, um, you know, it all it, it all, uh, all kind of adds up. Let's talk about Oregon's presence in the state of Washington and kind of just some more, uh, you know, recruiting kind of headlines that come out of this. Um, I mean, it's probably not too much of the, um, you know, big take to say that Oregon's probably wrapped up at an uh, offensive line for this class, with the one exception probably being uh, Josh Connerly from um, Seattle. You know, I think that's the one guy that you maybe, uh, you know, take, uh, you know, make some room for. Uh, where I think the sweet spot for this class is right around, you know, 22, 23 guys. Uh, so you don't want to, you know, go too crazy on the offensive line, considering that they still need help at corner and, and wide receiver as well. So let's just talk about Oregon's presence in Washington. You know, um, what, what do you kind of have to say there?
2: Yeah, so uh, me being a Washington guy, um, I'm from Lacey and I live in Yelm. So I've kind of followed Washington recruiting a little bit more closely. Um, and when I was kind of pulling together some nuggets for the story, I put up on uh, on Dave Newley was that he's the highest rated um duck commit from washington since so jonathan stewart back in 2005 so um and he broke all sorts of records of running back and was obviously an incredible talent running back for oregon um but i think he was Yuli was the first four or five star that they've picked up since um from the state of washington so their presence hasn't really been dominant in the state of washington um usually you see that dominance in california of all the or even nevada if you want to stay close to that west coast um you know, Western part of the United States. I think California is where they've kind of made a name for themselves under Cristobal with, in terms of Pac-12 recruiting. Um, I think this commitment with Uli um, kind of sends a message a little bit because, um, you know, Washington has made this, um, how do I say, identity of trying to um, get guys home, keep guys home in Seattle and the area. Um, and we've seen a couple guys leave from, from the state of Washington and go elsewhere in the last couple of years, um, especially in the Jimmy Lake area, it seems like they don't really pull in as many in-state guys as you know you would think they would. Um, given that's kind of what they're shooting for, and especially having a guy like you, they go to Oregon, that's one of their top rivals, especially in the same division. Um, I think it sends a message like you know you may be right there, but we're we're still in it.
1: Yeah, no, Mario Cristobal is not going to stop at anything, uh, and we've you know we've learned that time and time again. I think that this is. You know, even more important when you look at the Ducks' presence in California, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, that's definitely proven to be the foundation of our classes a lot in the years past. Um, but not right now. I mean, especially with the Texas guys and, you know, multiple guys in um, Alabama. I think when you look at, you know, programs like from the SEC and, and the Big Ten and the Big 12 coming into California so much, I, you really can't push all your chips into one state. And especially with the state of Oregon you know, not to slack them or anything, but they, they don't put out the same kind of talent that, you know, these other big states do on a consistent basis. You know, we had Keith Brown last year. You know, he was an awesome talent. Uh, Talena Hufanga, he's, uh, I, I believe he was from Corvallis, I want to say, um, but I know he was definitely an Oregon guy. Uh, he's on the Niners now. Um, but I think, you know, the, the Ducks are st- we're they're still, you know, in on some guys here in Washington uh, on top of Josh Connerly, in addition to Josh Connerly, I should say. You have a wide receiver, Tobias Merriweather. Uh, Ducks are still looking to maybe get one more – one or two more big names at wide receiver. Um, he's kind of looking like a Notre Dame trend right now. And then Andrew Sa- Savinea, I hope I said that right. He's another defensive lineman. Um, you know, Ducks have two right now. But, you know, certainly it doesn't look like they're totally wrapped up uh, as far as Washington goes.
2: Yeah, I think Savinea is probably where I would put um... – you know, if I was the Ducks coaching staff, I think that's where I'd put my chips. Um, you know, like you said, Meriwether, um, I believe he, he didn't take a visit to Oregon. Um, and I know that, um, like you said, Notre Dame's kind of been trending. Notre Dame's kind of been taking um, some guys at Oregon's had their um, had their eyes on. So, you know, I, I think Savanee is a, is a good one because I believe he visited. Um, and like you said, the defensive line need um, is a good one. They also are looking at like outside of Washington. Anthony Lucas is a big one on the defensive line. Uh, Quincy Wiggins is another one. So um, I think that's a big one. It would be seven um, for sure. But um, I think in terms of like positions that Oregon needs, I think they really need to go defensive back primarily cornerback. Um, and then, like you said, wide receiver. Um, I don't think Merweather's probably going to Oregon. Um, probably not even the pac 12. I would say Notre Dame is um, probably got him on lock, but we'll see. Um, I think McMillan or Brennan Thompson, um, should be the top two guys that Oregon's looking at. And I think they're in a really good running for both of them.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's kind of wrap this thing up a little bit. Let's talk about the Jimmy Lake kind of impact of all this, you know, with the ducks coming in and taking some of that top talent, uh, you know, out of the state, um, you know, worth mentioning here that uh, the Huskies do have two in-state commits in the class of 2022 with a uh, chance Bogan from Tacoma and Vega Ione. I hope that's how I said it Uh, from Graham, Washington. Um, But, you know, they had one of their biggest names uh, from Washington, Malik Agbo. Uh, He's an offensive lineman from Federal Way. He has a top five that didn't include Washington or Oregon. And they were both, you know, in on his recruitment. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, you know, Jimmy Lake, I think, you know, he clearly has an uphill battle when it comes to recruiting. But, you know, for a while, you know, during the Chris Peterson era, you know, there was some battles between Washington and Oregon that, you know, uh, the Huskies were winning. Uh, Cam Williams, the safety is, you know, one of the ones that kind of comes to mind. He was a safety that was committed to Oregon, backed off, and now he's playing in Seattle.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned like Elijah, Elijah Molden was another one, um, an Oregon guy, um, I believe from Westland, um, that area, Portland area, I believe. Um, and so that was one I know Oregon fans really wanted um, to get right from uh, their country. But you know, another guy that you we should mention is, is JT Tumalo. Um, You know, he was a Washington guy. A lot of Husky fans thought he was a lock to be a Husky. And then it just kind of trended to Ohio State. It's been that way for probably close to two years. Um, and then, you know, his, his teammate G. Scott went uh, to Ohio State from the same high school. And then it was like, well, I think it's kind of a lock. Oregon made a crazy push. Um, and some people thought that, you know, maybe they did enough and it wasn't for a lack of effort, but it was uh, Ohio state all along. It appeared. So, you know, it's been kind of an underwhelming um, recruiting couple of years for Jimmy Lake. I think they're sitting at um, like in the seven, eight area in the PAC 12 right now. Now there's a lot of talented coaches in the PAC 12 and recruiting staffs um, in the PAC 12. I, I think we should give some love to, because obviously you talk about like Arizona state with Aaron Edwards um, that school is kind of on the rise. Um, they kind of underwhelmed last year, but I think this year could be a bounce back year. I think UCLA is on the way up. You have Chip Kelly there, um, you know, USC, I think they're kind of, they've got a short window now that, you know, it's kind of a uh, PAC 12 championship college football playoff or nothing for them as well. Kind of like Oregon, um, Stanford, Cal kind of still hanging around Colorado's hanging around. So, you know, there's a lot of attractive programs in the PAC 12 and, Um, You know, I I think it's been tough for for Jimmy Lake so far to keep guys in his home state, like, you know, like he said before, when he when he got hired.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, looks like the the Ducks, you know, they have some names that are currently committed to uh, Washington, you know, as far as recruits go, that they might still try to uh, pursue. Biggest name that kind of stands out right now is uh, Ben Roberts, defensive lineman from Salt Lake City. Um, But yeah, lots of great stuff. Dylan, uh before we get out of here, uh, you know, where can people find more of you? Um if
2: they want to, you know, read more about you or just see more of your stuff. Yeah. So my Twitter is at DRK Sports News. Uh my Instagram is at Dylan Ruben King, my name with no space, no hyphen. Um, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh it's just my first and last name. Um, and shoot me a follow, tweet at me, and um, you know, let's have some fun.
1: Right on. Good stuff, man. You can find more of my work, you can find me. Uh, on Twitter at sports. Um, And you can also find more of my work on Ducks Digest. And uh, looks like we'll try to get this on the YouTubes as well. So shoot me a subscription over there so you don't miss out on the latest Oregon Ducks news. But uh, that's all we have for this one. Thanks for tuning in.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?